It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. This is Locked On Badgers, your daily Locked On Podcast Network, Wisconsin Badgers podcast hosted by me. My name is Tanner Nessel. Uh, and uh, Wisconsin just beat Iowa in their second to last regular season game. Uh, it was senior day. And uh, this is going to be a really easy podcast to record. Uh, the game itself was free of stress. It was really, really cool to uh, have Ethan Happ, Khalil Iverson, and Charlie Thomas's senior night go well. Wisconsin pretty much controlled the game from start to finish. And even though it was kind of close in the first half, the second half was just, it, it turned into a blowout really, really quick. Um, but yeah, before I get into all of that, I just want to remind you, last episode, uh, you're probably going to be listening to this Friday. I'm recording it right after the game's conclusion on Thursday night. Uh, Thursday's episode of Locked on Badgers, I talked a lot about just those three seniors and what they uh pretty much their impact, their lasting impact on the program. I spent a lot of time on Ethan Happ. Obviously, he's the big one. Khalil Iverson, your sort of unusual Badger. And then Charlie Thomas, somebody who, you know, kind of just hung around for his four years. But, you know, I I spent some time talking about him too. It's, It's really easy to take guys like that for granted, guys that just stick with the program. And, and the things that they do behind the scenes are surely valuable. Uh, it, it's just things that as fans, you know, just watching their games every other couple of days, it's, it's hard to really appreciate, but talked about those three guys. So make sure you check that out. Uh, that's going to be an episode that'll, that'll have, that, that'll last. You'll be able to listen to that one now, tomorrow, two weeks from now, a couple months from now, it, it'll be relevant into the future just because it's, it's about those guys. Um, the episode before that, we kind of we did a crossover episode with Lockdown Hawkeyes. Andrew Wade, we broke down this game, and um, it really didn't go how either of us thought it would. That's a good thing for me, not a good thing for Andrew. Uh, but that episode is kind of dated now. Still fun to go back and check out. We talked a lot about uh, Noah Fant and TJ Hawkinson, so that's that was at the beginning of the podcast. So you could at least check that out if you're a Packer fan or if you're interested in in either of those guys as football prospects. Uh, but yeah, that was that. That was the last couple episodes. This one is going to be about uh, the game that we just saw. Wisconsin basically blowing out Iowa, keeping alive their hopes and uh, controlling their own destiny still to a four seed in the Big Ten tournament coming up. That's going to be starting next week. And something that I found out today, early this afternoon, Wisconsin is going to be making an alumni team for the basketball tournament. If you're not sure what that is, make sure you stick around till the end of the podcast after this breakdown to learn more about that. It's really, really, really cool. I was super excited. I can't wait to see what comes of that. I'm going to talk about that more later. Before I get into anything else, I just want to remind you to rate, review, subscribe to this podcast, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. If it's iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, we're everywhere. Subscribe. Make sure you don't miss a single episode. It'd be really unfortunate for you to have missed our crossover episode with Locked On Hawkeyes because it was a ton of fun and now it's dated. And if you missed it, you can't listen to it anymore. So make sure you subscribe so that if we ever do something like that again, you won't miss it. 
Uh, also follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Badgers. Uh, I pretty much tweet any Badger thoughts I have there, and you know it's a really good place to interact and let me know what you think about the podcast. It's probably the the quickest way to get a hold of me, and uh, that's the most transparent platform that we have. I really want to make this podcast the best I can, and I can't do that without feedback from the listeners. So, all right, let's talk about this game. Uh, it started, Wisconsin dominated, and it, uh, it it was over, and that was it. And uh, so that's it for the podcast today. Thanks for listening. Uh, you know, make sure you rate, review. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, it, it pretty much was like that, though. Uh, the Badgers, it, the, the numbers were kind of close early on. Uh, both teams are struggling to knock down some shots early on, but Wisconsin was getting a couple more offensive rebounds early in the game that Iowa wasn't able to. And Wisconsin was scoring in the paint. They were getting looks in the paint. So their shots were just a little bit easier. It was easier for the Badgers to find a groove, not so much for Iowa. And the the key difference was the free throw disparity. Iowa shot six on the game. Wisconsin shot 27. And And that's just because, you know, Wisconsin was attacking the rim. It, they're not a great three-point shooting team this year. Uh, on this game, there were four of 21. Iowa was five of 22. So they're you know, basically right there. Technically a better percentage for Iowa. Um, I guess this box score doesn't have points in the paint, but I know that Wisconsin dominated the points in the paint. Their, their looks were just so much better. They ended up shooting 40% from the field. Iowa shot 30%. Um, and that, that's a pretty stark difference. Teams that shoot 30%, I would venture to say, don't win very many or any of their games. Teams that shoot 40%, that's a pretty pretty solid average. Um, you know, let me see. Where's Wisconsin technically shooting on the year? Oh, gosh, this isn't going to load now. But yeah, 40% on the game is really, really good. Wisconsin shoots 45% on the year, which is 95 uh Good for a rank 95th in the country. Yeah, so it's actually not that good. But, you know, like I said, their looks were easy. They were getting a lot of a lot of shots at the free throw line. They ended up making um, 17 of those 27. And actually, Ethan Happ, 11 of 18. Iowa tried to implore the hack a Hap uh, technique, which didn't go so well for them. He shot over 50%, which is extremely good for somebody who shoots uh, in the low to mid 40% from the free throw line on the season. And uh, they just gave him all the chances in the world. They're like, Hey, uh, we're behind. If we're going to have any chance of getting back into this one, it's going to have to be because Ethan Happ is just giving the Badgers empty possessions at the free throw line. And uh, because they just couldn't stop the Badgers, frankly, Uh, they tried to change up their defense. They tried to go to a zone, which I thought was just, not a good idea. I think just fundamentally playing a zone defense against the Badgers is not going to work out well for teams because it, first of all, whenever you play a zone defense, naturally you are more susceptible to offensive rebounds. And that was something that uh, the Badgers were able to get a lot of very early in the game. Nate Reavers on back-to-back possessions, offensive rebound and a putback, and then an offensive rebound and then a putback for an and one. I believe he ended up missing the free throw. But still, back-to-back offensive possessions, uh, ending with an offensive rebound and a putback for a bucket against that zone. And the other thing is it doesn't pressure the ball handlers. If you're playing a zone defense, you can't venture out on the perimeter too far because then it just creates too many 
too many different like open spaces and gaps and lanes for other guys to cut and move. So you got to kind of stay within the three point line. And then Wisconsin is able to just move the ball, swing it back and forth freely. There's no pressure on the ball handler. They don't really have to break any pressure or cross over or worry about dribbling too much for a team that only has one. Well, they have more than one healthy point guard for a team that only has one point guard that plays uh, one true point guard that plays anyways. I'm not counting Brad Davison and certainly not Brevin Pritzel as point guards. That's, that's really, really tough to do because if somebody's bringing the ball up the floor, that's not a true point guard. You got to try to make life difficult for them because that's not their natural game. That's not something that they grew up doing. Point guards are a special breed because they're used to, you know, dealing with guys up in their grill all the time, trying to break those pressures and whatnot. So playing the zone, it, it didn't go well for Iowa. They didn't do it for too long. Um, and then when they weren't playing the zone in the first half, they were playing man, uh, applying a little bit more pressure to the ball handlers and things like that. Wisconsin was still struggling to make shots, but in the second half, it just all changed. It didn't matter what Iowa did on defense. Uh, everybody on, on Wisconsin just sort of locked in. Um, one of the things that I was really worried about with Iowa early on was their looks were really, really good. Their shots just weren't falling. They had a lot of really open threes. They were just throwing up bricks left and right. Uh, two standout Hawkeyes, uh, that me and Andrew, when we did the crossover podcast, we were looking at, uh, I was expecting to have good games. He was expecting to have some sort of positive impacts from at least one of these guys, Tyler Cook. Zero points for the Hawkeyes. He's somebody that I thought was going to be able to physically overpower Ethan Happ. And he could even overpower Nate Reavers on the post. But he was 0 for 6. He had 7 rebounds still. Uh, 0 for 6. Finished the game with 4 fouls. Zero points. Didn't get to the free throw line at all. Like I said, the Hawkeyes only got to the free throw line 6 times as a team. Which is just not going to cut it in big time college basketball. Um, I don't think that the referees were, you know, home cooking or anything like that. Iowa just really wasn't attacking the rim. And if you're not going to attack the rim, you're not going to get uh, the benefit of the doubt on calls like that. Wisconsin was really going at the rim. That's why they got so many free throw attempts, I think. Um, but yeah, zero points from Tyler Cook. <laughs> if you told, if I told Andrew that I knew Tyler Cook was going to get zero points in this game, he would have just folded right then and there. There's no way that Iowa has a chance getting nothing from Tyler Cook like that. And then Jason Bohannon, who is somebody I thought was going to have a good night, just because if you really watch the way Wisconsin's guards contest three-point shooters, they don't jump and try to block the shot. I broke this down in the podcast uh, with Andrew. They kind of just go out there, and they hope that their presence is enough to force a miss. They're not, if if you catch the ball as Jason Bo or Sorry, not Jason Bohan. If you catch the ball as as anybody really against Wisconsin, um, and you see Brad Davison running out or Dimitri Trice running out or Brevin Pritzel running out to contest your shot, just from watching film, you have to know that they're not going to jump when you go to shoot the ball. They're just they're gonna make you think that they're going to jump, and your instincts have to be overpowered at that point. You have to know that when you elevate to shoot the ball. They're not going to jump, and you're going to have a clean release. And I thought that was something that Bohannon was going to be able to figure out for sure. He was 3 of 11 shooting on the day, 2 for 8 on three-point shots. And like I said, as a team, Iowa was 5 of 22 shooting three. So 
it was just a really, really tough night for the Hawkeyes. None of them finished with double digits. Um, their leading scorer was Bohannon, who had eight. And also this fella here, Kreiner, had eight points. Uh, he was four of seven shooting on the night. So he actually had a pretty solid night. Um, but just not a great night for the Hawkeyes. I don't want to chuck too much of this up to Wisconsin just playing a lights-out game because I think Iowa, if they played a stronger first half, this would have gone a, a much different direction. Wisconsin definitely deserved to win, but Iowa, there's not much that they're going to be able to take from this game. They're just going to kind of scrap it, throw it away, say, hey, man, we had a bunch of open looks early. We missed them. Those are going to have to go down next time. That's That's what basketball is. You can't make every shot. Sometimes they go. Sometimes they don't. Uh, so that's that's pretty much the way that that game went uh, in favor of Wisconsin. Final score was sixty-five to forty-five, and you know it was it was like domination from basically the start of the second half to the end of the game. But you could say it was domination from the beginning of the game to the end. NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. One thing that I really wanted to focus on here was Ethan Half's free throw percentage uh, in the last few games. Uh, I, I noted how he in this game was 11 for 18, which is, you know, a pretty good chunk over 50%. Pardon me, I don't have the exact math on that. Um, but since the Northwestern game, which is counting the last four games, um, this game, the one against Penn State, the one against Indiana, where he was 5 of 10, and then the one before that um, against North. Uh, was it Northwestern? Yes, it was against Northwestern. In those last four games, Ethan Happ is 20 for 34, which is good for 58%. And counting his season average at 45%, uh, that's taking in that you know those most recent 58% free throw shooting performances from him. That, that, that percentage is climbing, and I just want to go back to what Dan Dockich said against Indiana when Ethan Happ started the game, uh, he made his first couple or first few free throws. He was shooting from his toes and he was maybe starting to find a little bit of a consistent stroke. And that's what's most important with free throw shooting. It's, it's more a mental game than anything else at the free throw line. I'm not speaking from experience because I never played division one basketball. Um, but I, I did every once in a while play that game with my friends where you stand at the free throw line you take 10 shots and you just kind of let them say whatever they want. Uh, they'll say a lot of mean things about your mother and your girlfriend and, and a lot of things about you and all that stuff. And you just got to try to block it out and not laugh and uh, try not to get upset and just make as many free throws as you can. And it's really hard. You know, you're thinking about everything but making the basket if you're struggling to shoot free throws. And somebody like Ethan Happ, who's one of the best free throw – or not – of course, he's not one of the best free throw shooters in the country. He's one of the best players in the country – but he struggles so much to make free throws. He's on national TV. He's in these big games where every shot matters. And of course, the mental battle is going to be just that much tougher for him. But when you find just a, a little bit of consistency with your free throw shooting motion, then that takes a step out of it. He's not worried about like, oh, should I, 
shift my weight here this way? Like, when should I flick my wrist? Is my elbow too far out? Is, like, what? All this stuff going on. You, he, he just started working from the base up, and and that's that's a tip that I have for all you kids out there to improve your jump shot. It's all in your legs. You got to have consistency in your legs. You got to bend your knees, and you got to jump. You got to elevate. You you shoot up, not out. All that good stuff. Whatever. Uh, he was he's bending his knees a little bit more, and he was shooting from his toes, is what Dockage said on the broadcast. And ever since then, I was like, oh, he might be onto something because Hap was shooting a little bit better uh, from the free throw line lately. And in this one, early on, I thought I was going to go to hack a Hap really early on in the game. And it looked like maybe they were when Wisconsin was only in the one and one in the first half. But I noted how I wanted to go back and check what he was shooting from the free throw line in the last few games. As the rest of this one played out, turns out uh, I was proven pretty much right. He's shooting almost 60% from the line, which is incredible for him. I was a huge doubter in his ability from the free throw line. I was saying, no question, his free throw shooting was going to cost this team a game at some point. And I was just hoping that it would happen sooner rather than later uh, when it doesn't matter much. Uh, like in the regular season or the conference tournament, because if this costs Wisconsin a game in the NCAA tournament, I'm going to be really, really, really upset. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to kind of talk about that. And uh, the last thing before I talk about the tournament, the basketball tournament thing, is Wisconsin's path to the four seed. They won this one. This was the big hump. Uh, now they're going to get Ohio State. They go on the road to play Ohio State. It's going to be Ohio State's senior day. Ohio State is a team that Wisconsin is absolutely better than and should beat. And if they win, take care of business that way, they're going to get the four seed. All they need is to win that game or Maryland can lose to Minnesota at home in their final regular season game. It's it's one or the other. They don't need both. And, uh, and then the four seed is theirs. Uh, I think it is likely that Wisconsin will be the four seed, which means they will have a double bye in the Big Ten tournament. They will not have to play until Friday. They'll get that extra day of rest, extra day of prep. Uh, they won't have to fight it out against uh, a double-digit seed in the Big Ten tournament. And uh, very likely will have to play Maryland anyways, but they won't have uh, they, they won't have to play one more team before they get to Maryland in that case. So uh, it's I, I'm not going to say it's locked up by any means, but that's pretty much where we're at now. Beat Ohio State, you get the double bye, and then the next Wisconsin game is... Friday of next week if they lose and Maryland wins and it comes down to tiebreakers and uh, I mentioned on the last podcast I'm not sure how those tiebreakers are going to go just because we don't know uh, the final standings at the top either and tiebreakers are really really tricky to figure out in that regard so that's what we got for the Big Ten tournament and that's what we got for the game against Iowa and now uh, we're going to talk about the basketball tournament I'll explain briefly what that is and then why I'm so excited about it. NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The basketball tournament is what it's called, TBT for short. Uh, it's, it's called the basketball tournament because that's what it is. 
It's held every summer. It, it's just pretty much an open thing. Anybody can join. You can join. I think you have to technically have a sponsor. So, I mean, if your dad uh, like owns a car dealership or something like that, or is an investor in Apple and wants to throw some money your way so that you can, you know, be, be a sponsored part of this tournament, then you can have a team as well. Uh, but these turn this, this tournament has teams much like what Wisconsin is doing. Uh, a lot of schools have alumni that, you know, come together and play like Ohio state's team last year had Greg Oden and Aaron Kraft on it. Uh, Marquette had a team that had Travis Diener of all people was one of the better players on that team. And it was a really fun team to watch. Um, Syracuse had a team full of alumni. Uh, the defending champions for the first few years of the tournament uh, was a team called Overseas Elite, which is just a collection of uh, really, really good players from some of the bigger leagues overseas in Europe. Um, and like I said, that team's just really, really talented usually. Uh, but Wisconsin is joining. Uh, oh, one more thing. The winner of this tournament gets $2 million. Uh, it was a million dollars, winner take all, uh, single elimination style. But I think last year was the first year that it was a $2 million take home. Of course, it's it's split up into uh, you know however many people are on the team. Um, it, there's a coach that'll get a chunk of it. There's a sponsor that's going to get a chunk of it, you know, things like that. Uh, but yeah, winner take all, the, the prize is probably going to be at least a million, probably $2 million again this year. So Wisconsin is trying to get in on that. They're making a team. It's going to be organized by Vito Brown. Uh, you know, graduated from Wisconsin just a couple years ago. He was, he was uh, part of the those teams with Bronson Koenig and, uh, and Frank Kaminsky and Sam Decker. He was an underclassman with those guys. He's organizing this. And there's going to be a team. This is something that happens in the summer that's full of former Badgers competing for $2 million. And it's something that's really, really fun. If you don't know anything about it, keep an eye out for it. It's it's one more thing that I get to cover into the summer, which is going to be so much fun uh, because it's basketball. And they do it after um, the NBA season and all the, the other like professional basketball leagues so that guys can participate. Uh, unfortunately, Frank Kaminsky and Sam Decker are probably not going to you know, – I can pretty much assure they're not going to be participating in this because they are under NBA contract. Um, but there are other Badgers, guys like Zach Showalter, obviously Vito Brown, the guy who's organizing it, um, Josh Gosser, Ben Brust, Trayvon Hughes, guys like that. You know, going back to Alondo Tucker, Brian Butch, those days, maybe even those guys will want to get in on it. Uh, like I said, Greg Oden played last year for Ohio State's team. Uh, he's, you know, probably in his young to mid thirties, uh, which is, you know, where Alondo Tucker would be. Uh, he would be a great player to have, I'm sure, as long as he still wants to play and and the invitation is extended to him. That's pretty much what it is. It's a collection of these these former Badgers guys that aren't playing in the NBA or aren't playing in the G League and and kind of just accepted that you know they're going to have to play in in like a second tier league, whether it's in Europe or. Um, I don't know if there's leagues in like Argentina. I know that there's leagues in Eastern Europe, like Lithuania has a good league, Spain, obviously, um, you know, just different countries like that, that have their own professional basketball leagues. They're clear, clearly a step down from the NBA, but there's still a lot of good players over there. And that's where a lot of these guys go. Uh, I, I can't say for certain that 
there are Badgers that are in those leagues, but I do know that there are Badgers that still would love to play basketball and compete, especially for a chunk of change, like a share of $2 million. So that's something that's, I, I think is just super exciting. Uh, it's about time, frankly. There are a ton of Wisconsin alum that are unfortunately not in the NBA. And I think they would be great in a tournament like this. Personally, I really, really want to see Josh Gosser and uh, Zach Showalter. I think Josh Gosser is probably my favorite Badger uh, of all time, uh, frankly. I, I just love the way he plays. And I think when he left, uh, Zach Showalter kind of just soaked up his role and and just carried on the Josh Gosser legacy of just being like a super pesky perimeter guy. Um, both of them love to just jump in front of guys and take charges. Gosser is taking some historic charges, uh, most notably against Arizona in the NCAA tournament. Uh, I feel like that's just a perfect style of play to have on a team in this basketball tournament. One thing that you guys can help out on as listeners is – come up with ideas for the team name. Um, the two that I can think of off the top of my head uh, that are specific to, to schools, Ohio State's was like Scarlet and Gray, which isn't very creative, but they've, I think I saw they're going to change the name of their team. And then Syracuse's was something about Bayheim, Jim Bayheim, like Bayheim's boys or something like that, or buddies of Bayheim. I don't know. So, Vito Brown has said that they are looking for team name suggestions. And I just kind of want to know out of curiosity who you would like to see, what former Badgers you would like to see on this team. It's probably going to be about eight, nine, 10 guys. I would think Uh, Vito Brown, I would assume is playing. I would love to see personally um, Josh Gosser, Zach Showalter, uh, maybe Jason Bohannon. Uh, we were just talking about his brother earlier today. Jason Bohannon would be awesome. Ben Brust. Mike Bruzewitz, if you guys remember the ginger afro, that would be awesome. He's a big man. Brian Butch might be getting up there in age. Same with Alondo Tucker, but those guys were awesome at Wisconsin. Trayvon Hughes. Um, Ryan Evans and his jump shot free throws. Shout out to my boy Nate. Uh, that would be incredible to see jump shot free throws in the basketball tournament from Ryan Evans. There's just so many good Badgers, uh, guys that I've missed watching all the time. Uh, Ethan Happ, if he's, you know, maybe a couple years down the road, if he doesn't make it in the NBA, he's, he might find himself out on one of these teams with the Wisconsin alum. And he would absolutely kill it. He would be a perfect guy to have on this team. Uh, of course, we want him to succeed. In the NBA. But anyways, uh, I'm going to stop talking about that. I'm going on a little bit too much. More details are going to come out about that, I'm sure, uh, as soon as we find out a team name and a roster uh, that's going to be the sole focus of one of these podcast episodes. But anyways, that's all I got. I just wanted to talk about this game against Iowa, drum up a little bit more excitement for the basketball tournament team, see if any of you guys had any name suggestions. And, uh, and that's it. Um, we're going to go into the weekend, hopefully play a Caleb Wesson list, Ohio state team. Even if Caleb Wesson plays, uh, he's currently suspended. Uh, Wisconsin should win the game and should be a four seed heading into the big 10 tournament. And then I got a couple special podcast ideas for you next week. Uh, but while we're waiting for the big 10 tournament to start, 
Uh, we might rejoin up with Andrew Wade and talk about it or some other guys, part of the Lockdown Network, but that's to be determined. So until then, uh, remember to rate, review, subscribe, follow the podcast, all that good stuff. Locked on Badgers on Twitter at Locked on Badgers. Uh, that's where I tweet all my stuff. Uh, we're on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, all that good stuff as well. Just, I just really, really want to know what you guys think of the podcast. So just let me know. Uh, until then, uh, go Badgers. We will see you next week. Thanks for listening. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 